electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. This two-day bounce is steady. As Pfizer says early data shows a three-dose vaccine regimen does neutralize Omicron. Yields are higher for a third day. S&P needs about 18 points uh, for a fresh closing high, and we may get halfway there. Our roadmap begins with Pfizer versus Omicron. A new study says the company's vaccine booster does neutralize the variant. Plus, well, let's call it supply chain concerns. Apple shares, they're right at an all-time high. This despite these continued reports back and forth that uh, 13 production may be falling short of targets. And the EV race, Ford CEO vowing to do, quote, whatever it takes to double production capacity for the electric F-150 pickup. So, Jim, this Pfizer news has really brought us back to that uh, day before Thanksgiving close. Correct. And I think that one of the things that we're going to discover, uh, Moderna, I think, could say the same thing, which is that you need three, uh, that the effectiveness of three is much more dramatic than two. And that's going to include Omicron and then whatever the next five or six. And one of the things I think we all have to understand is that Omicron is no more the end than uh, any other. I mean, we could end up doubling the number of, of uh, Greek letters we need. There's just, you know, David, when you see this kind of thing, and you listen to what Dr. Borla says, which realizes these vaccines are very powerful, in, in particular for antibodies, and that those who keep giving up on science keep selling at the bottom. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is a hope in some way that this will mark t- the end or near the yeah. end of the pandemic, That's at least. That's just not possible. You, oh, well... Oh. Well, pandemic no. or end? I mean, in other words, it goes to epidemic, right? It, or theoretically, just goes to bad flu, right. or not even necessarily a bad flu. I mean, I'd right. still like to see the numbers on fully vaccinated people who even get Delta and or Omicron. Uh, if you've got three shots and you still get a breakthrough, what is the actual impact? Does it equal the flu? Is it worse? Better hospitalizations? That's interesting. Do you think data. it's modeled? Yeah, I do, too. Um, and listen, I don't want to overlook it. That day after Thanksgiving that we saw the market down sharply when we knew so little about Omicron, we sat here, I did at least, and said we know so little. And, and at this point, we still don't know a lot. Uh, we know that Pfizer, with a three-shot regimen, is going to prove effective right. in making either that you don't Moderna get it or too. preventing any serious, anything serious from occurring. Moderna, your expectations the same. Yes. But we still don't have a sense for how quickly Omicron is going to spread. We Hopefully, hope the anecdotal evidence that it is uh, a milder symptom um, variant is true, but we don't right. know for sure. Well, you know, Carl, the Goldilocks scenario, obviously, is, is, that, uh, is that Omicron can spread more quickly, overtakes Delta, but has fewer life, uh, life-threatening consequences. Now, that is the one that says open the doors and travel everywhere. Uh, it's almost too good to be true. Um, but I do think what we're saying here is I keep coming back to this notion of acceptable risk. Right. That we now know, unless you're immunocompromised, that you can go 
and do things yeah. that you might not have otherwise. Uh, Borla was asked about that yesterday. Do you want everybody to just suddenly get this? He said, no, there's too many opportunities for, for mutation in that scenario. But to David's point, I mean, J.P. Morgan's uh, outlook for the new year is out this morning. And I'll just read it. Uh, our view is that 2022 will be the year of a full global recovery, yeah. the end of the pandemic, and a return to normal economic and market conditions we had prior to the outbreak. Right. I've been working on what I'm going to say tomorrow for my uh, investment club talk, and I just keep coming back to one word. Boom. We had a boom develop, okay? And then it, uh, that, th- that Friday brought everything down. Let's just use the Royal Caribbean, or you want to use uh, United Air. Uh, but you want to use the credit card company, the companies that are all cross-border. You come back and you say, wait a second, maybe we just go right back to the tape and we start really moving as an economy, become international again. Not saying that Zoom is going to be disqualified as a way to do business travel. You have keyed endlessly on business travel. And that is important because business travel is the people who pay full, full boat. Yes. But I think that we could go to a period where we have an economic boom, not unlike post-World War I. Post-World War I. One. Well, when we realized so that... Both, rough, roughly 100 years ago. Well, that was when yes. we had so-called Spanish flu. I see, I, oh, I see. Right. Yeah. That's what you're... Right. It, that we it. had a boom post-Spanish yep. flu. Mm. Well, I mean, it's okay. an analog. It what do you want is. me to do? A, it, you know, post-bubonic plague? It is. I mean, the, Journal the, of the Plague Year? You want me to bring up the foe? I mean, global, globalization wasn't really in play then, even though we had fought a world we war. We had a couple, hundred, couple million people over there. No, but you know what, no what, I'm, war ever, but what I'm saying is, is that can you imagine how you would lead your life? Loss of life, yeah. yeah. Uh, right now in New York, yeah. we're fully vaccinated and you can't get a reservation. No, you can't. I, but life has been normal for me for Better. quite some time. Better than normal. Better? <laughs> Really? You can get in and burn a death. I can't get in anywhere. What are you talking about? I'll make some calls for you during the commercial. But no, I I think that when you look at, say, if we could, here's a good example. If we could have as many semiconductor chips as we wanted to, and I'd love to get Phil LeBeau in this conversation, we could do 20 million cars and trucks, 20 million vehicles. We were starting to see numbers that could just be extraordinary. Yeah, well, we're, Toyota, a uh, new battery plant announced yesterday. There's a lot of CapEx going into autos. Uh, that said, of course, uh, Pfizer is still awaiting new data. It should be another couple of weeks at right. least for the next round. And Borley did talk about that on Squawk this morning. We are getting enough conclusions to believe that uh, when, if there is a need for an Omicron, which we are working, that should be a very good one. Uh, I think we should have a good uh, uh, chances if we need an Omicron vaccine to have it in March to be very, very effective and that we will not lose any of our four billion annual capacity if we have to switch to an Omicron vaccine. Now, your boom scenario does lead us to, to a discussion about inflation. Right. Uh, and Dudley's got a piece out this morning, formerly of the Fed, saying yeah. it's not just going to be about the taper next week. They're going to lay out ideas of of rate hikes that we are not yet accustomed and, to. Right. I think that's going to be your buying opportunity ahead of the Christmas of the Santa Claus rally. That uh, because we all know that your first four or five rate increases, if they're not taken in lockstep, which was the word that really doomed the 2018 rally, uh, then we're going to be fine. It's a rec- representation that the economy is for real. David, at a certain point, we're going to get something that you have talked about uh, I talk about you endlessly in business travel. The other thing you said, and the thing that really obviates a lot of this talk, is we're going to have something to take if we get it. We're going to have an antiviral. Oh, yeah. Right. And when we have yes. an antiviral, what happens is you just say, you know what? 
I think I'll go to Italy and I'll carry that with me just in case. Yes, I think it will be used prophylactically. It will be, as you point out, whether it's the Merck drug or the Pfizer drug, which seems even more effective, but both are potentially quite Regeneron. effective. Right. Uh, Regeneron in pill I know, form? it's a trip. It's a trip. Not, oh, my, we got not, a pill form. No, but not, they're not. That's, no, not, that's me. That's, that's, that's not like, helping. That's, that's just, Jules Verne. I'm not going with Verne. That's just you trying to be nice to Lynch Lifer. That's all it really is. Totally. Yeah. But uh, but we're talking you, here. You Merkin. stop saying you know to, you know suck up. We're talking here Merck and Pfizer, not going and getting a, uh, which is great if you can do it, but it takes all day and it's uh, yeah. But this I'm is going to be a much different approach when you actually have the pills. Merck may get approved before the end of the year, so right. we're talking in the next few weeks. Obviously, you had the panel uh, vote in favor. Um, but I want to come back to the Fed for a second, because when well, no, you, I didn't when mean you to talk to people who are allocating assets, you know, their fear right now is probably as much of more the fact that transitory is being retired <laughs> as a word well, by, the, by the Fed chair, as opposed to any concern about Omicron, Jim. And you may talk about boom, but there is some concern about the Fed right now. Well, what's interesting is, is that the companies that there are a lot of companies that benefit from transitory. Uh, we saw an upgrade yesterday for PPG. PPG missed the quarters two straight times. Why? Because of raw costs. It almost implies that you can pass things on. The one that is just, I think, classic that we hope to get is Stanley, Stanley uh, Black & Decker. Okay? They had a big increase in costs. They had problems with the ports. And then they sell a division that I've really felt was a, really was not an important division. They get the money to buy back stock. That is, there is your template, a company that has higher costs, that can pass them on through Home Depot with port problems that are easing with cash flow that's fabulous. That's what you buy, not rent the runway. Or Stitch or Fix. Stitch fix. <laughs> oh, well, I was hoping we'd get to Stitch Fix. It, it, it's, it's 909, and we just got to, we, uh, that should be 902 if it weren't for the fact that we well, just saved the world with Dr. Borland. It's a very large market cap. We do try oh, to and, tend and, to focus on things with bigger, yes. bigger numbers. Well, like, no, but, you know, 16, it didn't yeah, add a lot like of people. Apple, like a lot of people. Oh, you want to do Apple closing ahead of Stitch yeah, Fix? Closing in on $3 trillion here, uh, up in the pre-market, all-time high yesterday. In September and October, though, iPhone 13 production did fall short of previous plans. That's according to Nikkei, which is citing people directly involved. <laughs> Don't laugh when I mention Nikkei and supply chain stories. Well, we've got, let's see, we have evidence lab today saying it's a mixed picture. So we've got Ooh, all of them. That's what they all came right, up with after all that evidence. Live huh? by the sword, die by the sword. I discount that story just as much I discounted the story. Remember, the previous story was that it's weak demand and tons of supply. That was last Here week. we have strong demand and not enough supply. Can I just say that if we were in any other business, this is like saying literally that the, you know, the bills when they won on Monday night, Put them ahead of the of the pass. But, see, oh, they didn't the, win though. Did they, they didn't win. Yeah. Oh shoot! Let me take that back. <laughs> there are no do-overs in this business. You got to stay away from this stuff. You got to just say, listen. Do you like Apple? Do you think it's doing the right thing? Is it selling well in China? Yes. The answer here entirely is you're buying a stock that is highly priced, but is now the one that people feel the most confident about. And I come back, Katie Uberty is the axe. If you have someone who knows more than the rest of us, let's go with their $200 price target. I'm with Katie. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, not to draw a line between the two things, but um, we did announce uh, a diplomatic boycott of the Olympics. Right. Uh, Boris Johnson this morning following suit. Australia followed suit overnight. China says the U.S. will pay in some way. You think it would be a, a corporate that would be collateral damage? Uh, if you're Boeing, a challenge position in my travel trust. There, I said it ahead of you. Uh, I think that you'd be worried that the big order won't come because when you make it in China, Apple, Starbucks, they tend not to want to penalize you. But the big hope is the gigantic uh, 
use the 737 MAX back in the air and then orders to Boeing. And that, I think, grows dimmer when we have a, I don't want to call it a spat anymore, a cold war. Cold war is the right thing. We're talking about a cordon of, of, of communist China because of human rights violations. Say something. Okay. Uh, cold war is a, is a uh, loaded term. Oh, there. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're, uh, your ex, letter X from yeah. Foreign Affairs? You're, you're, you're Kennan? Yeah, Kennan. That was Kennan. Yeah, you're going with Kennan. Yeah. Why not say Cold War? I mean, we got, what, they fly over the Seventh Fleet every day. No, they frequently fly over, they buzz the Seventh Fleet. Oh. They buzz the Seventh no, Fleet for, know. the Seventh well, we, Fleet is we're ours. Having, we're having a Cold War with Russia. It's not like there were any McDonald's. Oh, Cold Remember War when there was the first it's McDonald's like, it's, like the Manchur- it's like the Manchurian candidate. Like Remember all those guys there? Starbucks in China already. Well. They had a lot of luck. And a lot of Apple phones and a lot of Tesla cars Nike shoes. and Nike shoes. Tesla, did you see the number, Tesla? Yes. They're talking about that piece on Tesla from New, New Street. Street. Holy cow, I went to go buy a Tesla, except I had to buy a Lucid, and also had to buy a Ford truck. Man, how you doing, Rivian? We'll you know what Rivian is? What? The one. Yeah, the one. The one. Um, we're going to talk about this new street high target for Tesla, 1580 over at New Street. Deutsche reiterates a buy. And then, of course, got some credit card data that looks at Rivian reservations versus Did you love that? Yeah, interesting stuff out of Barclays. Uh, futures have been eroding, but still in the green. We're back in a minute. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. EVs are in the spotlight, of course, this morning. Barclays has a note out with credit card data showing that Rivian has fewer deposits for its R1T and R1S models than either Tesla's Cybertruck or Ford's F-150 Lightning. Firm does add that deposit count is only 8% of Tesla's Cybertruck deposit count. That's not a dollar figure, Jim, because the Rivian actually is a more expensive reservation. You got to put 1,000 down. And I think that in many ways, when you look, there's a fantastic chart in that piece about which which have the best uh, best numbers, and you, you could easily say Rivian because of how much money Rivian you have to put down, and you can walk away from a Ford, you walk away from a uh, easily walk away from Tesla. I think it's going to come down to that that Rivian is Amazon, Ford's going to sell its Rivian stake, put more money into its own EV, and Tesla's got one plug ugly truck. 
I mean, now, now, but Tesla has huge numbers of fanboys, who, fan people, who would buy whatever Tesla puts out, including like an old-fashioned Hess truck that's made into a, made into a Tesla. But there's, it, like, Tesla could come out and, you know, they could you know, make, a, make a, uh, an earth mover and they would have 800,000 subs. David? Uh, that may be the case. Nothing says that they're all not going to benefit. How about if I said Tonka Toy? Would you go for that? <laughs> no, I remember the Hess truck. I got that reference. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the water we all was the gas that actually used real yes. water, right? Remember, yeah. that is what, yeah. that's, and that is, that is what we always thought that Steve Jobs wanted the car to run on. Well, hydrogen also is kind of close to green hydrogen yeah. would be a, a quite a move for, uh, right. to uh, reduce, significantly reduce carbon footprint. Well, so what are you saying here? What am I saying where? What are you saying about Rivian versus Nothing. I got very little to say about Rivian. What, what, no, when the you, orders look good, they fine. I don't know. You don't know. ever do you say nothing. To, well, well you, know, you, Jim, you're the one who talked to Farley and uh, Benioff. Uh, I, I, also in Stellantis using some of the software revenue Stellantis streams. Stellantis is, yeah. is, is key. I, I would tell you, if you listen to the numbers that Farley's talking about, the street's looking for 300,000. This man's talking about doing 600,000. Why this doesn't get more... Uh, press, so to speak. I, one of the reasons why I have him on my conference call tomorrow is because this would be monumental. This is the first real challenge. Well, it does get press because you talk about it every day. And the fact is, the stock market's paid attention. What? Don't. What are you, what are you no, throwing things for? Well, and, that's, and it's got okay, a, press it, away from Jim. Stock Kramer. is up 127 this year. It's been one of the right. best performers in your investment Ooh, club. Now, You've now been all now over you're, it. Uh, Len Schleifer. Yeah, the, yeah, I am. There you go. I'm buttering you up. So, I mean, to not say it hasn't been getting paid attention. You have been talking about it a great deal. This Ford deal that he's making with Salesforce is the beginning of what I call the smart truck. Mm -hmm. Smart truck. Why do you see this thing? It could, in the end, you get an order. You need AZEC, okay? Or you need Trex be able to build a a, um, a balcony. Let's call it a balcony from a customer. So you then, in the cloud, go right to Home Depot and say, I want... Trex boards. I don't know if you use Trex. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, Trex I know what you mean. 55% resale, whatever. And then you go, and it's there for you. They put it in your truck, and then you're with the, cust- with the customer. I'm talking about a saving of maybe two hours. Why? You can get another job in. And that's what this Ford deal is. That's why I emphasize it so much. Okay. It's also interesting how it's all being sort of commercials turning into the tip of the spear on some of this stuff, which Farley did talk about. Take a listen. We want to be number one in battery electric commercial vehicles. It's the heart of our profitability. And as Mark said, this is a a really big growth opportunity to take our battery electric vehicles, create in commercial, create a cloud, but we have to scale the production. And we have the opportunity to be the biggest, the biggest commercial vehicle, digital company with a great cloud service for our commercial customers. That's what we're going for. That's a gauntlet. I mean, what he's basically saying is, you may think that Musk has the world of EV, whatever he says, but they are, Ford in the end is the Ford truck, the F-150, the Super Duty, which I bought, that is now like, it's got like 500,000 miles. I mean, these things are incredible. And what he's saying is, look, we will get the customer and then retain the, this is customer retention that he's talking about. But I think it matters, $39 a month. I mean, but what's going to happen, Carl, is, is that he is staking Ford's reputation on being EV much faster than anybody realizes. Remember, he only makes what's profitable. That's very different. The old Ford made unprofitable carbs all over the globe. 
That is, by the way, not a recipe for winning the stock. This man is making cars and trucks only if they make money, including the Mach-E, the Mustang Mach-E, which, by the way, Mark Benioff said was his favorite of the, I don't know how many EVs. He, I think he's got almost every EV. He, I think he has a Bentley EV. They don't make those. Check Google it. I'll Google it for the break. I'm Googling it. They're, they're very heavy. Anyway, you need a large battery I'm, to propel I'm Google, that I'm using, I'm using the Google box. It's this really cool thing. Yeah, I know. Yes. I remember that. Yeah, the Google. While Jim does his search, uh, we'll take a break. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell here as the S&P trying to knock on the door of a fresh closing high. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. All right, I'm questioning uh, why he's doing this as a mad dash. So explain to me why you want to talk about Goodyear Tire. Okay, Goodyear Tire. All right, first of all, I went to a restaurant a few years ago, and I had the reservation Kramer. And I got there, and the, the matron, he said, you are not Kramer. This is Richard Kramer that runs his company with a K. I think this guy is the real deal. This stock is already up 100% for the year, right? Now listen to me and listen good. This is an EV play. You need tires, traditional tires. Goodyear tire works best with it. Deutsche Bank comes out this morning, upgrades it, talking about solid Q coming. When I had this guy on, I said, I don't know. This stock could be at 50. It's only a $6 billion company. So I use this as a representation of Boomtown All right, with Clark Gable. Uh, what? So people are buying cars, but they're always buying cars. What? Well, no, but this is also EV. They do better with EV. They've Why? Because they've got the right truck. People like them. That's got the best. Wait, they've got the right tires? What? Yeah. You need different tires for EV? Yeah, well, there is now technological advantage to Goodyear Tire. They do think these are not just your old, your parents' tires, or in that case, my tires. Uh, uh, the, the quarter's going to be unbelievable, all right? It is? Yeah. I should just believe you and leave it at that? Well, no, it's not a Raj story, for heaven's sake. No. Ooh, what was that a reference to? No, I'm just saying Deutsche Bank comes out and just says, look, it's a really solid quarter. When I had them on Mad Money, I said, is it really possible that you can do these kinds of numbers in the out years? And there's great confidence here. Raw cost's not good, obviously. But I'm just saying that if you want a kind of stock that is going to work in the, at- in the atmosphere that we just discussed, which is three-dose vaccine, acceptable risk, people do things, put this on the list just as much as Marriott, okay? People are going to go on places, David. Okay. They're doing things. They're, uh, uh, yeah. They're not ran the runway. They're not, they're not stitch fixing. No. No, they're not. It's still hard to get on a plane and go to, like, the U.K. right now with the testing regs and all that. It's not that easy. Oh, you mean that quarantine? That's yeah. all there. That's going to be a thing of the past, David. That quarantine. Me out, man. No, that's going to be a thing of the past soon. Is it? Yeah. Soon enough for me to get yes. there? Yeah. Mm. We got an opening bell coming up. Stay with us. My assessment is that we will be having regular the appearance of uh, different variants. 
And that's why we are preparing for that for months. So every time that we have a new variant, and there will be more, I'm sure. Uh, or I'm very highly, it's very highly likely. Uh, we will be monitoring to see if there's something that we need to do. That's Pfizer's Albert Borla offering his take on future variants earlier this morning on Squawk Box. You know, we talked about uh, J.P. Morgan today declaring an end of the pandemic right. in 22. Gotcha. Bill Gates said the same thing in a blog post yesterday. Uh, he said that um, the acute phase of the pandemic will end next year. You'll have occasional outbreaks, but drugs will be able to suppress hospitalizations to the point where the medical system can handle it. Right. I think that one of the things that we tried to figure out is when does the hospital system break down? And that's when, for instance, that was being used against the people who don't get vaccinated. Some of the towns that they're in, David, where there's heavy lack of vaccination, have had hospitals that have been somewhat overwhelmed. But it's still, and by the way, that's still a concern with Omicron as well, uh, because if it moves a lot faster than Delta, even if the symptoms are less, conceivably, you're infecting three or four times as many people, you still may end up with a lot of hospitalizations. Do you think there's a chance we can get down to uh, any death is bad? But 50,000 deaths, which has been the average for the flu for the last decade? Yeah. Do you think you get that low? Yeah, don't you? Well, don't you think that's significant? Yeah. Let's get to the opening bell here and the CNBC real-time exchange at the big board. It is satellite imaging company Planet Labs celebrating a listing via SPAC. We'll talk to the CEO in about an hour at the NASDAQ Information Services Group, a tech research and advisory firm celebrating its 15th anniversary. A lot of... Um, Top picks for the new year, Jim, yes. including GE over at B of A, along with Emerson and Carrier. I uh, like GE. I did not appreciate the uh, downgrade of Honeywell, which I think is uh, saying that Darius and Damchek, which Chapel Trust knows it, Darius and Damchek won't be able to come up with something to be able to combat these so-called headwinds. Over and over again, Honeywell has reinvented itself. There's no reason to downgrade that stock. Uh, GE, David, we yeah. used to think that you shrunk to grow. You did the, I mean, one of the things that's happened, J&J goes to 170 on the announcement of the breakup and then goes back down. GE's breakup so far, you would say the reviews have uh, underwhelmed. Underwhelming. Underwhelmed. Listen, I think it's very interesting that both of these companies, iconic companies, say what you will, with incredible histories, uh, GE and J&J in the same week made decisions to break apart, creating greater focus, what they believe at least would be greater capital allocation decisions, just any number of different things that they would cite as positives for why you want to separate the businesses. And the market didn't respond, Jim. It just no. didn't. Um, and that is an exception to what we've seen in the past from the shrink-to-grow kind of plays, where there was quite a period of time it would seem that you would get a enthusiastic response. That may still come, but it is notable that it's a its absence right well, now. What I was hoping we, they would do is, is what we saw with uh, Greg Hayes, which is the uh, United Technologies merges with Raytheon and then gives you three incredibly viable businesses, uh, an HVAC business, an elevator business, and then right. a core. So you're talking about and Otis now, and Carrier. Uh, $6 billion buyback. That, yes. Which I mean, one is the $6 billion buyback? Raytheon. Raytheon. Oh, Raytheon. You're Raytheon. just talking Sorry, yeah. about this nothing but net when it comes to that. And one of the reasons, you know, Greg is a, a you know, Greg by nature was a, a uh, financial guy. Well, that worked out, first of all, right, Otis, Carrier have both done very well. And then UTX merges with Raytheon, to your point. Right. And they've created a lot of value through that split. It took years right. to finally accomplish it all. But you're right, Jim. Um, and now buyback that, that Carl just mentioned as well. But, you know, will GE go that same route years from now, potentially? Is there a merger that it could even pursue for what's left? I don't know. From any trust perspective, probably not. No, I do think that we... 
we, we can't forget that they put really good people in charge of these divisions. I, I happen to think that uh, Dave Gitlin, who's been on our show for Carrier, has been a remarkable executive. You got the stock up almost 50%. Judy Marks, really hard to challenge how great she is. She was the first person who told me, look, uh, and her stock's up 26, should be up more, I think, because the China business could be good. Um, she was the one who said, look, I'm getting on a train. I mean, and I'm getting on a plane. I mean, just, they have a guy named Jim Kramer who runs the Americas there. She's so busy. Um, but, but what, <laughs> she has done a great job. I remember saying, look, I, what am I going to do, Zoom to sell giant elevators? You, know, you got to get on a plane. And she was getting on a plane when people weren't getting on planes. Well, speaking of getting on planes, um, this booking guidance from Southwest was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, despite all of the worries Thanks. about Heavens. Omicron over the past few days. Um, down this morning, uh, but overall, I mean, United, Booking Holdings, uh, Norwegian, all hanging in there, leading the S&P. Yeah, I mean, I think that these stocks were up very big in anticipation of this, but I think that they deserve to go higher because these are uh, reactions to pre-three-shot. They're just basically saying, even with two-shot, people are excited. Now, I've not been, I've, I've felt that Southwest has fallen behind, uh, but it is domestic, and David mentioned, when you fly overseas, if you're going to be quarantined, it really kind of wrecks the vacation. You know, first week in your hotel room, then you go back. Yeah, or even the first day if it's a short trip and you're just waiting for that PCR test, for example, the UK. Yeah. And then, by the way, getting back into our country now, you need to test to get back in. I know. Right? And so that may have, a, I know. have an impact on some people's international travel plans. By the way, <laughs> we're going to talk to Jordan and Kelly of Southwest oh, tomorrow. That's great. I, I, look, I, I'm rooting for Southwest because they have historically been this. I mean, I've been recommending Southwest basically since it came public. The last couple of quarters have been rocky. That doesn't mean that the culture's changed, but they do have union issues. Uh, I also felt that you won international, but at the same time, uh, international's been blunted by the fear of going overseas for state domestic. It'll be important to see American, by the way, Doug Parker. When he, you know, he did talk about the stock double. He didn't talk about the stock collapsing. But I like Doug. I mean, look, you know, the, the airline executives tend to be pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yes. I mean, um, right? I mean you, know, you like the exec, right? I mean, I don't have an opinion. Yeah, they're, that's I li- great. I, I like. Uh, that's the third thing I've mentioned. You have no I like opinion. Ed Bastian. You have an opinion I, on, I, the, I like, I think on the he's Jets, an maybe? Guy. Yeah, I know him better than I know these other guys. I know these other guys. You know everybody. I mean, Gary Kelly's always great. Come on. Comes on, tells it like it is. All right, there. You happy now? That's all you want. That's all you want. That is all I want. Is that too much to ask, Carl? <laughs> no, no. Thank you. Um, uh, Roku, uh, we've been watching this dispute, long-running dispute with uh, Google and YouTube. Looks like they finally have a deal, uh, up about 11% this morning. But what a week, David, it's been in streaming in general. Uh, especially given some of the presentations, yes, help us, including David. our parent yesterday. Yeah, well, Viacom actually had a good day yesterday. We had Bob Backus join us. It was a great interview. At 10 o'clock, thank you. Uh, I think actually he did, he did sort of more forcefully answer some questions than has been the case in the past. Did manage to talk about Pluto a lot. Loves that Pluto. He loves Pluto. Yeah. Lo- <laughs> loves I try Pluto. to block Pluto. He can't. He can't. It's, but, uh, you know, they're going to be spending a lot of money at Paramount or at, at Viacom to yeah. uh, obviously... Uh, continue to roll out streaming. They did say that subscriptions are rising and have risen more significantly than even anticipated only a few weeks back um, in terms of during this fourth quarter. Uh, Our parent company, a different story yesterday, Jim, uh, not having to do with streaming, but having to do with broadband additions um, or the lack thereof. Uh, Investors have been looking for as many as 300,000. The quarter going to get about 185,000. Uh, 7 to 8% EBITDA growth year over year. But I think it was that broadband number that 
really took uh, some investors by surprise, I guess, even though we've been seeing signs, and Charter, by the way, also came down sharply on the same thing, of changes in moving patterns during the second half of the year. Perhaps a lot of people did move and they're not moving. It's, I, 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 we got to clarify a bit exactly what's going on, but something that they think will return to normal. Right. And right. therefore, will not be a long-term pressure on their ability to no continue secular, to add broadband subscribers. No, no secular decline versus my phone and watching. You know, listen, it fixed wireless mobile in the home, right, as a result of 5G has always been a question. Yes. But there are not a lot of people who believe that that is going to be a viable, at this point, competitor. Certainly, some people may choose only to view video right. on their phone and only have a phone subscription. But... Um, the wireless wars are the other side of this, of course. We have Comcast and Spectrum, Charter, competing very vigorously with the incumbents, using their own networks mm-hmm. against them mm-hmm. by undercutting in terms of price. And so that's been interesting to watch as well. No real winners here. I mean, Comcast down for the year, Charter down for the year, AT&T down for the year, Verizon down for the year, Timo down for the year. It's been a sector to basically stay away from in 2021. Also down okay. for the <laughs> Also down I, I for the like, No, both of us were like, you have nothing to say? No, I'm okay. like, return service? No, okay. Oh, okay. That's um, okay. You know what else is uh, down for the year? Uh, Stitch Fix. Uh, actually, yeah. post, uh, near a post-COVID low here uh, this morning. As uh, Mark Mahaney, Jim, writes that uh, they've hit a growth wall in the United States. Yeah, and Evercore stepping off the runway. Look, they only added 15,000 people quarter to quarter. That's obviously not enough. Uh, they're, uh, they're really guiding down for this. They are guiding down for the next quarter. Uh, they also had problems with uh, supply, supply chain. Uh, now, I'm going to tell you the other side of this because it's down really badly. This is a profitable company with cash flow. So we're not talking about a company that was made up. They do have 4.4. I mean, look, I'm defending this only, only because this thing is just cratering. Now, there is no fundamental story right now to buy it other than the fact that it does have 4.4 million, 4.2 million customers. So, I mean, before we just decide to take it down to 10, I, I remind you that that Katrina Lake, the, the founder, did create a profitable company and never ran this company the way a lot of the the companies that came public this year. Right. That said, it was a bad quarter by their own admission. They did not hide. It was right. a bad quarter. I mean, but that it was something like DocuSign. No, 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 that was the benchmark. How many times did that guy say he was still trying to figure out DocuSign, Jim? DocuSign was easy because, you know, Dan Springer said, listen, we did really terrible. Well, and now there's um, reports of of him buying about $5 million in stock between $139 and $147. It would be the first insider buying since the IPO in 2018, first major insider buy. Uh, Look, you don't buy $4.85 million worth of stock unless you think that the stock is worthwhile. I mean, you know, DocuSign, have you noticed Zoom, I guess, where, again, my stepson works? Have you seen Zoom? Yeah. I mean, Zoom is, Zoom is at $185. Yes, it is. It's $185, well, down from a 52 high of 451 Yeah, it's down 45%. Carl, they're, the landscape is littered with companies that people decided to own and then lost a tremendous amount of money. Uh, now, not because of a Peloton being 41, but the jog bras off. My wife used her Peloton this weekend. Did she do the boxing, uh, the new boxing product? No, she's not there yet. Okay. Nor, uh, but I will say this, it worked. But 
you know, all right, you're, you mentioned three of the plays of the pandemic, Peloton, right. DocuSign, Zoom. But on DocuSign, like, people are, what, they're going back to, to signing their names again? No, no. I mean, they're not. No, that's a great point. I mean, here's what happens is that they had this quarter post uh, the height of COVID, and it was terrific. And they therefore said, basically, it's going to continue, obviously. We're post, post-COVID. We've got real life. And then post-COVID, they didn't. They had a bad quarter. Yeah. Now, of these ones that we've mentioned, Peloton, DocuSign, Zoom, uh, they all have a lot of money. They all, if they were right now, they should have done earlier, make acquisitions that can validate what they do, they would be well, that would be money well spent. David, mm-hmm. why are you... You can just nodding on the podcast. People just think you're leaving me hanging. I'm not leaving you hanging. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, I'm going to I mean, call, Zoom tried to them. do a deal, as we all know, and with 5.9. Right. It didn't work. I would, I would have uh, liked five, that nine deal. 5.9 stock kept going up during the, during the right. period they were five, negotiating. Nine, t- right. They had to keep increasing the premium, right. only then to obviously watch deceleration in Zoom's business and its stock price get crushed and shareholders of 5.9 say, no, thank you. So what are you going to do? Well, you have to find something that makes it so that you're beyond Zoom, beyond Docus. And we, we want companies that reinvent. I mean, we want an Intuit, which every time people think it runs out of growth, it makes it a great acquisition. OK, I mean, uh, I, I think there are companies out there that uh, Salesforce, OK, it runs out of growth and they buy Slack or they buy MuleSoft, OK, or they buy Tableau. And what happens is, is that people immediately doubt. Like I doubt it when they bought Credit Karma and Intuit. I didn't think there was anything there, but my uh, colleague and research director, Ben Stoto, is probably checking his credit rating right now. He's a credit rating checker. You know how people used to go on uh, uh, Zillow and see whether their house went up that morning? Well, I mean, there are <laughs> people who do that, really. Okay. I, I never engaged in that kind of porno- house pornography. No. Well, uh, tolls at an all-time high. Uh, right. 302 beats 249, Jim. We did see a little bit of activity in refis as rates briefly came down. I mean, what do you have to do if you're Doug Yearly? He came on Mad Money and he said, look, this, this is the greatest time ever to be a home builder. And uh, immediately people said, well, that's obviously the top. You know, this so-called notion that just because you say it's the greatest time ever is the top, that's rooted, David. Yeah. Uh, that's rooted in the idea that we, it can't be good. This is something that started... Really, it started in year 2000. Anytime anyone said anything is good, you immediately said, well, that guy is just dissembling. Doug Yearly, who has been in this housing business, but I mean, he's the guy I go to, has said it's really great. And it's really great. There's a shortage of houses. There is because of the great pandemic. Now, you can say, well, that's going to be over. But we don't build nearly as many houses as we did you know, 40 years ago. And our population is more than double. So I think the housing story is a good one. For Lenar and Toll, they do very well. Look at that. Toll's good. Toll has been a very good stock to own. It's well-run. It's a well-run company. That's important. Yeah. 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 It's managed to work out some of the labor issues, shortages. Doug, Doug is the real deal. I mean, he's from Horsham. I mean, he, well, it's Philadelphia company, so therefore it's fabulous. We don't have a lot of them. But I do think that one of the things that is... I know what? one. We work for it. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Exactly um, right. Yeah, okay. That's great. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, toll uh, is up 65% for the year, so you don't have to outthink this market. You just have to go with the companies that say, you know what, they come on mad money, and they say, hey, things are really, really great. And don't, you don't immediately say, well, that guy is a fraud. How about the fact that guy is the deal? He is the one. <laughs> 
You're never going to let it go. Uh, Dow is hanging on to a gain, uh, but we are obviously shy of the S&P closing high and the Nasdaq's red. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Good morning, Carl. Good morning, everybody. We get this fabulous Pfizer news, and it's great news. And this is what we get, this flattish kind of nothing open. It seems disappointing unless you understand the concept of sell on the news, because that's exactly what's going on. This is a classic Wall Street play here. Just take a look at the uh, sectors right now. And you can see modest upside in some of the energy stocks and healthcare and banks. But it's, you know, it's consumer stables, tech's lagging, semis are, uh, for the most part, flat to slightly down. This is a pretty flattish open. If you look at the down movers, same situation. A little bit of move on the energy stocks. Amex is up, but Visa's kind of down. Uh, the industrials are down. Most of the consumer names like Walmart's down. Tech, Apple's up, but Microsoft's flattish here. This is flat here, and that's because we had the sell on the news. So Pfizer came out around 6.45 a.m. Let me show you the S&P futures here. We rose about 20 points immediately, 46.90 to, you know, 20 points or so. Uh, to uh, 47.10 or so. And then look, immediately right down. You see that spike up and down? That's sell on the news. Nijak, buy. Everybody realized, oh, we already knew that. That's what sell on the news is because the markets had been working under the theory that Omicron was manageable. This word manageable, everybody started using since Fauci was talking over the weekend. Oh, it's manageable. What, is, what does that mean? If it's manageable, then peak supply chain and inflation worries are now here with us. This is the peak. And it will peak over the next few months. It means that margin erosion worries will not be with us through entire 2022. We're going to worry about the whole thing falling apart. They'll hold up. It also means that there's going to be less fear of the Fed being more aggressive to combat higher inflation, which is what they were saying earlier. So this is all a series of implications about this. The key to the strength of the market is the strong economy. That's really what matters here, because everyone knows the Fed aggressively raising rates is the great killer of bull markets. But there's usually another component. Usually we're going into a weak economy, not a strong economy. So the Fed raising rates plus a recession, that's the great killer of all bull markets. Every professional trader knows that. But wait a minute, that's not what we've got. We do not have any recession coming. In fact, we have the opposite of a recession. We have the consumer stronger than they have been in many, many years. That's why the market's holding up, because the bulls keep saying we can hold up on the strong economy, even with the Fed raising heights. That's the raising rates. That's the key. So look, the Fed raising rates is not great, but we're 25 basis points right now on the Fed funds rate. If we go to 50, 75, or even as some might say, three times next year to 100 basis points, um, that's aggressive. But that's still low. And when you've got the economy with this kind of strength, that's what's important. But the S&P is trading for 21 times 2022 estimates. That is high. We would be nowhere near that. We would be way lower. The market would be way lower. We'd be 20, 25 percent lower on the S&P if there was any signs we were going into any kind of recession. That's the key. So, Carl, the key now, it's going to, if, if we continue to get data along the lines of Pfizer, the story is going to switch very quickly from Omicron to what is the strength of the U.S. consumer in 2022. Right now, it's terrific. But by January, if that data holds up for Pfizer, that's where the story is going to be. What's the consumer going to be like in 2022? Carl, back to you. Thanks, uh, Bob Bassani. As we go to break here and watch the Dow try to hang on to some gains, let's look at Treasuries uh, and see how they're faring. Obviously, day three of rising yields. Got the two-year back to 70 basis points, 10-year just a shade below 1.5. More Squawk on the Street continues after a short break. Don't go away. Amid the pandemic, Facebook parent Meta announcing it will fully reopen its U.S. offices on January 31. 
while allowing employees the option to delay their return by three to five months. The company says its office deferral program is designed to give its employees flexibility when it comes to returning the office. Not going quite as far as Nadella, who basically no. said, who knows? Yeah, I, look, I, I always default to the idea that it's very difficult to say no to someone. Uh, we know that 800,000 people have died, so if you have uh, elder parents who might be immunocompromised, what are you going to wait? Don't you want to see them on the holidays? Well, how do you go to work in that situation? How do you go to the office? Well, if you work for Meta, you have the opportunity to never go to work if you choose to, I should say, never go to the office, excuse me, if you choose to do so. That said, I think we've all made the point many times that people who still are not or are reluctant to go to the office actually can be seen going out and doing all sorts of other things and don't think their bosses aren't fully aware of that. And so there is continues to be a frustration on the part of some who see that behavior and say, well, come on, that's not really about safety at all. It's just about convenience. But that's an important part of what's going on here. Flexibility, ability to work from home, not commute, certainly is, is contributing to people's desire to, uh, to stay there is a, in their home office. There's clearly a uh, double standard that we know a lot of people have been uh, taking advantage of. I'm not working at the office because so I'm worried about my world, right? These, these tech, huge technology companies are going to have a portion of their employee base that does not come to the office as much right. as they might want more of right. them to, and they will let them. Do you think it'll be a four and a half day work week coming up? No, it's like, a, it's like yeah, well, yeah, maybe. Fridays mm-hmm. wow. off. Wow, okay. I hope it's, Until I hope the, it's the labor cycle turns again, maybe then... The managers get leverage again. Who knows? Yeah, Starbucks, yeah. four and a half. They unionize. <laughs> we'll know Thursday. That's right. Um, speaking about the rest of the week, Kramer is hosting a special event for the CNBC Investing Club Thursday, tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Going to share your outlook, Jim, for 22. Uh, answer some member questions. Right. Special guest, uh, David, don't listen, Jim Farley. Talking <laughs> about the reinvention of four- David. It's Farley versus Musk. And if you tell me that isn't hot, I think it's Farley that's what's Kramer hot. versus Musk. <laughs> that's what it is. Anyway, become a member, of course, if you haven't already. CNBC.com slash investing club, and you'll be sent uh, the link to attend and get Jim's newsletter. We're back in a minute. Jim, what's on Mad tonight? One of my absolute favorite companies, uh, Edwards Life Sciences. Remember, you don't have to crack the chest open in order to be able to do open-heart surgery anymore because of Edwards Life Sciences. I've been behind these guys for ever since my father's doctor said, we don't have to, we don't have to crush your dad's wow. chest to save him. We have VW. Say it again? We have Edwards Life Sciences. Oh, yeah. We'll see you tonight at Mad Money, 6 p.m. Hey, David, I have a show at 6. You know, a lot of times you have to remind people, and I might even talk about Ford tomorrow in my investing call. Ford is a truck company and a car company, not just not just one. Just in case people missed yeah. it. And David doesn't know you. If he watches football this weekend, you probably see some of their product. And the F-350 is actually called the Super Duty. You don't call it the 350. Got it. F-350. We'll see you tonight. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.